Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fish and Game Podcast. You got your host here, Justin Townsend, and today we are talking about something uh, very, very cool, very, very awesome that uh, we at Harvesting Nature have been working on now for, gosh, what, about four or five months? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah so uh, super excited about that. Um, we are going to chat about our magazine and so as you're hearing this, the magazine will have just released, so it's fresh uh, in in the, the interwebs out there, and uh, we're going to offer up the magazine as a subscription. You, you can get each, each then magazine of the quarter, or if you like, for a little bit more, if you don't want to commit to the full year, which I think you should because it's an awesome magazine, um, then you can decide to just go with one particular uh, uh, issue, which is still awesome too. And so I failed to mention like this whole thing, it's going to be kind of electronic is the intent, but there is a print on demand option. So if you really like it, you want to show it off on your coffee table, you can hit the print on demand feature and it'll go there. And then also too, uh, we are working with a, magazine uh what do you call it newsstand that was called ben yeah what you the is it um what's the name of the company i forget zinio zinio yeah so if you have zinio and you're subscribed to it already we're gonna be working with them and you can go to it and uh and you can view the magazine there. So it's also that lets it be available on like airplanes and like all kinds of crazy places you can find it in the world. So really uh, expanding there a lot, but we want to have it available to read uh, digital and print on demand. So trying to save paper and not print a bunch of copies and then just have them floating around the world. We'd rather just, if you want to enjoy electronically, enjoy electronically. If not, paper, whatever. So... With that, uh, I got Jeff on here. Jeff, you want to remind everybody uh, who you are and what you do? 
Yeah, Jeff Benda from wildgameandfish.com. Um, up here in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, I've been written a few articles and recipes, started writing for Harvesting Nature. It was January of 2021. So Yeah. Yeah, glad to be on. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Jeff's uh, just one of our contributors to this issue, uh, the spring issue, uh, which, as I said, is coming out immediately. And then I got Ben on. Yep. <laughs> the <laughs> editor at Harvesting Nature. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Ben has... Clearly, uh, the, spokes, clearly the spokesperson. Clearly. <laughs> Ben, Ben has, uh, I will say, no, no offense, Jeff, has herded the cats to include me uh, to wrangle and uh, orchestrate this project of this magazine. So, um, but it's really cool, and and I'll say this: like it really sticks to our roots of kind of like that education inspiration piece. Like, there's not a lot of tech in there. There's not a lot of crazy things. Uh, you know. We've got some advertisements, but it's not overloaded. Like we're still really very much about content, and uh, you know we're excited to share it with you. So we'll talk a little bit about it. But first, uh, I kind of want to go a little bit. And Ben and I sort of developed this plan. Um, gosh, what did you say, Ben? It was sometime last year. Last year, at some point, I don't remember. Oh, you exactly. know what? You know when it was? It was when we were elk hunting. Yeah, that yeah. was fully, we're like, we got to do it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because we, I mean, so it, if you guys recall, listeners, like Ben Ben and I elk hunted last year together archery here in Colorado. Uh, it's been about four or five days up in the mountains uh, chasing bugles, I'll say. Um, and as a result, that conversation, deci- we decided like, hey, let's let's start chatting through a magazine because I think uh, it's always been a goal of mine. I will say this, like I always wanted to see a print version of what we had on, on the website. And then Ben being a doctor and a genius is able Word to doctor. Uh... genius. No, <laughs> Word doctor, Word yeah. doctor, a word doctor, uh, was able, you know, to definitely us have the support we needed, I think to jump through this. So, uh, but I think it's it's pretty solid. But um, we have how many how many total pages has it been? Um, it's gonna end up being about sixty pages. Pretty so cool. sixty pages total. Yeah. Um, we've got about a dozen or so articles. Um, we put a lot of emphasis too on the photography. Like it's not super artsy, like over the top, but like we care. Like we want we want you to enjoy. We want your eyes to be pleased. So, uh, you know, we'll like the cover, uh, working with, uh, a photographer out of Florida, Mike, uh, and Mike's pretty awesome. Uh, I got turned on to some of his work through one of our friends. And so he got selected as the cover image. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to wait, but it's pretty awesome. I will say if you're, if you're a turkey hunter, you'll enjoy it. Um, and then we just kind of go through table of contents. And I mean, um, I think uh, Ben and I each did a couple articles. Um, Colin did an article. 
pretty much everybody in here and, and kind of the way we've structured we've developed this whole writing sort of uh writing program i guess you say ben yeah we're just kind of restructuring the way that we did the field staff writer stuff and turning everything kind of into like a uh, learn how to be an outdoor writer thing that we haven't fully officially implemented, but um, that's kind of what we're doing. So we can use kind of the web content to help people grow as writers, learn how to write in the outdoor field, and then pay them uh, yeah. to do so in the magazine, which is cool because um, most places are kind of one or the other, and it's really difficult. Like with anything, it's it's hard to get your foot in the door places you know you're probably not with no publications going to just start writing for you know outside or meat eater or whatever but as soon as you have a few things on paper usually how it starts it just kind of snowballs so we're kind of like like jeff you kind of jeff you went through that process too oh yeah i mean and you can write you know you submit you submit you submit right and then one day everyone's like hey we'll take it and then, <laughs> then, then you don't hear from them for three months, right? And then you submit, you submit, you submit, and then one person says yes. So yeah, it's it takes a long time, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. But I, I think we, you know, it goes back to that too. And like we being part of our mission to kind of educate and inspire is it's always we're not just looking to educate just the hunter, the angler, the forager, the cook, like. We want if if you're part of the community, if you're you know following what we're doing, and you're really in tune with it, and you there's something you want to do, like we want to encourage you to do that, and like we have the tools to empower you. Like we've got a word doctor and a, a strategic thinker, and all these people. Like <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's got strong suits, and I think our team has has been formed very very well to help support people in, in doing different things. So if you want to grow as a writer too, I will say reach out. We're always on the search for field staff writers, but now we also have like a really clear way ahead from like publishing web content to like written publications, uh, which opens a lot of doors when people see your name in magazines, which is great. Yeah. So So. I think that would be a good uh, transition into kind of like the main mission of the magazine. Do you want to talk about that? Like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You, do you want to you want to lead off? I'll let you go. So, so a lot of what we had talked about, and um, probably what a lot of people are familiar with, are in the magazine world, in the outdoor magazine world. There's a lot of celebrity hunters, and they're doing big, expensive trips, and that's really cool. It's cool to read about. It's cool to flip through. Um, but for me, it kind of kind of gets old sometimes. Um, there's a lot of hunts in bigger magazines that are just unaffordable or, you know, you got to save 30 points to do it and all this kind of stuff that's kind of unobtainable to just your average person. Um, So that was kind of really one of the main missions that we focused on, just real people having real experiences and real food, you know, instead of like just to kind of, you know, have something else out out there because I feel like so many – of the magazines I've read are just really similar and it, you know, it's all the same faces and names and they're doing the, you know, $20,000 caribou hunt in, you know, interior Alaska and all, all these once in a lifetime hunts. Um, 
and there's we just wanted to be kind of like a voice that puts emphasis on just like how awesome it is to just be normal people doing normal stuff that you can afford you know over the counter tags or you know just, just stuff you can just buy and go do you know we have people fishing in their local rivers and for some fish that you know maybe most people don't even target anymore that's pretty much what um john files uh, articles about to just regular stuff you know that kind of thing yep yeah he talks about american shad which i think is really awesome and we've talked we've talked a little bit on the podcast too about the culinary value of shad and like it's got a great history yeah they're cool uh, yeah it's neat yeah so it's something cool and i mean all, all the stuff we're covering and also to you like we're doing quarterly so we're able we're sticking to the seasons um with cool adventures but it's also stuff that's like like ben said it's very doable you know like uh i write about turkey hunting osceola turkey hunting in in florida like i picked up uh it was there's a group of tags in florida for osceola turkeys in the national forest that are like giveaway tags they have so many of these tags every year that they never like you go through the initial draw, they go through the secondary draw, and then now they become like the over-the-counter draw tags. And success rate's not great, but there's turkeys there. And you read my article, you you will learn the trials and tribulations that we went through. But it's also like that's something doable. Like I just bought the tag, grabbed my shotgun, grabbed a bicycle, jumped in the car, drove up there for three, four days, and just like camped out and hung out. Like yeah. Anybody can do that. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, it's not to say that we're, like, anti-celebrity hunter or something and harvesting nature mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, stuff that you can actually go do, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's it's a good point. Everybody finds motivation in different things, and um, I think these things, the stories and adventures and recipes in this magazine are really easy to uh, wrap your head around. But, it too, it's like, you know... It's for the everyday person. I can tell you if somebody offers me a caribou hunt in Alaska and I can afford to do it, like, why not? I would do it. Yeah, that's that's one of my dream yeah. hunts, you know. But but I don't think I'll ever be lucky enough to be doing that every year with 25 other hunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Jeff, how, how do you feel about it? Sort of the approach we're taking with kind of like the, the everyday outdoors person. No, I like... I like the concept because, you know, that's, that's how I hunt. Right. So, um, you know, when I tell people like, like, uh, I'll go out to Wyoming and try to get four antelope tags. They're confused, but I'm like, Oh no, they're all doe. Right. So I'll go hunt two different units in Wyoming and run around. Um, same with Montana. I go out there for a mule deer hunt every year and I pay $160 for two doe tags instead of the guys who are going out and paying in Montana for the combo elk um, deer hunt. And I, I just can't afford that. My wife would kill me, you know, but right. <laughs> um, I'm able to hunt North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming on a regular basis uh, because I choose to do the hunts that I do, you know? Um, so no, I really like it. Like, Wyoming cow elk hunt, um, you can get a tag for $300. You know, that's, you know, if you go to the right unit, you can, um, you can get more than one tag. So, uh, 
you know, that, that's how I hunt. I'm a meat hunter. I just, I go for the experiences. Um, if I want to, if I want something to hang on the wall, uh, I can, I can hunt here in North Dakota and, um, I have one, which makes my wife happy. Um, she knows I might, you know, appreciate a couple more, uh, with antlers, but, um, no, I, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, when it comes to fishing and hunting and, and just, uh, taking what is available to us for reasonable prices and, and what, you know, what guys and gals can afford, um, that is realistic. That's, that's great. So I, I appreciate the, that there'll be a, a great resource like the magazine coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm of the same and you know, we've always been that way. And the other great thing about the magazine is we got to partner with some great companies, uh, to help showcase some of their work, uh, in there. So, uh, really excited about that. We're working, uh, Bear Vaults is one of them that comes to mind. Sawyer Water Filters. Um, we're working with one of my, my buddy's companies. They do a lot of, uh, smoked meats or smoked fish from Alaska, uh, the Wild Fish Cannery. And so all kind of really cool. And then we're partnering with, uh, Thermoworks. They do meat thermometers, uh, ice. Ice mule coolers. Uh, they do backpack coolers, which until I started really digging in and looking around, like I didn't know, I didn't know they were around. Um, so it's really cool because now it's opened my eyes to like some of these worlds of, of different things within the, the outdoor community that we're able to identify companies that have similar morals and values that we do and say like, Hey, let's work together. Let's, let's help each other grow. Let's, Let's help put good quality products in the outdoor space. And uh, and I, I think so too. Like ben, ben can attest to this too because he's seen all the ads. Like we're not doing it like a gimmicky way. It's like very polished and it's not, you know, uh, what's the, the magazine or, you know, the coupon mailer you get in the mailbox like every couple of weeks. It's just like chock full of stuff. Like it's not like that. Um, it, it, yeah. And we, we had kind of talked about like, just extending the ideology that we're talking about, um, you know, with like to the companies too, um, to the ad space where we're trying, like if you have a small company that you're having trouble getting ad space somewhere, contact us. Like we're look, we want to try to be like a voice for smaller companies that same thing as the writing situation, you know, they have a good product, they have a good company and they have good stuff, but they're just too small to get in, you know, Western Hunter or whatever, you know, get an ad deal with Meat Eater or these big companies. So we're really trying to do the same thing with the ad space too and um, focus on small businesses like we're a small business. And Yeah. I think good people, good people doing good things in, uh, in, in the same space is like, that's what we want to do. We want to keep that going. So let's, let's talk a little bit about some of these articles in here. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, we got about a dozen or more stories or recipes or, um, pieces. We have one main feature, uh, which is a good, uh, fly fishing article by Brad Trumbo. And that's a pretty, he does like kind of a, a, a prolonged backpacking trip, but, um, you know, it's still something, as I mentioned, very doable. Like you could grab your backpack and fly rod and I think take the approach that he had very easily. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty neat, and it's uh, for high desert rainbows, which I feel like is kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, you don't really think about those two things together, but definitely a pretty neat trip, and they packed in belly boats and stuff, which I've done before. Which has been a nightmare when I've done it before. <laughs> but <laughs> And then we've... Uh, that's a that's a different. We've story. got some uh some uh, an upland story in here. Have you guys ever heard of Montezuma quail? I haven't. This, that was a first. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. either. So I'll I'll say they're beautiful. Yeah, though. beautiful birds. I won't go into detail. Look at the pictures. Read the article. But it's a really cool uh bird. Uh, so that and then we get into an upland game recipe, which is Jeff's. Jeff's, you want to talk a little about your uh your creamy creole pheasant. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was begging because I, I had only gotten, um, I had to beg for pheasant this year. So I'm lucky that I have friends who, uh, um, who are much better shots with much better, you know, and have dogs. But uh, yeah, I was able to come up um, uh, with some pheasants and and came up with, uh, you know, I've seen versions with, with chicken and farfalle pasta and. And just decided to, uh, my wife and daughter love eating it and, you know, especially anything with noodles. So I, uh, and I, I didn't go over the top with the spice. Um, it, you know, you can feel a little bit of the, you got a little bit of the heat, but, uh, but something that my daughter enjoyed. Yeah. I like those, I like those creamy, uh, like the creamy spicy kind of Creole Cajun flavored pastas. Yeah, it reminds me. So uh, I went to for those of them, I went to University of New Orleans, uh, and they had like in their. Well, gosh, I'm trying to think of the regular. I call it we call it a galley because I'm in the military now. But uh, like the the chow, gosh, <laughs> the place you go to eat, whatever the cafeteria. There you go. So the big cafeteria, right? They did like pizza and sushi, and a salad bar, and like burgers and all the other stuff. And then they had one that was always like in New Orleans, calling like hot plates. And uh, you get like hot plate. And I remember they always had uh, they would do like a creamy Creole uh, like chicken pasta with the same pasta that you use there. And so it's very like. It's very comfort food for me because, you know, picture 19-year-old Justin, like, eating his $3 plate of pasta <laughs> Creole chicken. Um, no, yeah, my favorite great. one is that it's oh, it's out of a Cajun cookbook that I have here on my shelf somewhere, but it's – I made it for years, but it takes – this was a, this is a quick recipe, right? This is something you mm-hmm. can make on a weeknight. But my favorite, it's a – I don't know if I'd pronounce it right, but it's chicken mamwa on pasta, but it's – mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what his name is, but a bigger guy with the beard and a white oh, hat. Oh, Paul, Paul Perdone. Yes, it's in Paul yeah. Perdone's cookbook. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I've been making that um, when my when my sister ran off to the East Coast and and started working restaurants, and she came back with this with his cookbook. So when she came back for the first time, and I was still in high school, and she's like, "We have to make this dish together," and uh, that was my first. Um, like really spending like three hours in the kitchen making a dish and putting it together, and that is that that is kind of the dish that that kind of vaulted me towards the hey, this is kind of what I this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? I want to spend time in the kitchen, and um, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I love it, but it it's it's an hours. It's a very long <laughs> process. So it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But the end result, phenomenal. But oh, yeah. this recipe you did here is just about that 30 minutes. That one's a lot spicier. Yeah. 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 This one's, this one's more tame. This one's family friendly. Yep. Um, yep. And really, too, I, I like your note. Uh, you could do it with turkey, partridge, grouse, pheasant, like kind of kind of whatever. Whatever game bird you got. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is good because this is a spring issue and people know what happens in the spring. I I don't get a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I I give a donation to the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Yeah, I'm 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 super stoked. Uh, So I I went I went this weekend and I presented. So the Colorado, so the Denver group within uh, Colorado backcountry hunters and anglers, um, they put on a. It's a three part series called uh hunters for sustainability and it's essentially like taking new hunters and they're doing we did last weekend was our first course was like classroom we talked about like you know pack dumps i talked about butchering processing field care cooking all these other things uh uh, colorado parks and wildlife was there they got into regulations and kind of like you know the basic stuff hunters need to know so it's really like geared towards that but my friend eric jones who who ran the course uh i'm super excited because he and i talked turkey we talked turkey plans this this spring so being in colorado like i've scouted a lot of places and i've got some ideas but i'm, I'm excited to go out with him and have kind of a hunting buddy here uh locally to go out so super pumped Super pumped that hopefully my turkey season did not end up like last year. <laughs> um, but, so I guess that's a good segue, right, Ben? I'll talk a little bit about mine. Uh, good yeah. segue. So, uh, Ghost of the Swamp, right? Osceola turkey hunting down in Florida. And I mentioned how I drew the tags earlier, but we took like a very different strategy with it. Um, in a lot of the area there where we were hunting at, it's there's a few main arteries of the road, but there's a lot of like logging roads. So we're like, hey, let's take and I say we. So is my my friend Craig, and he's been on the podcast. We actually we talked about this on a podcast episode, and uh, we've done some films. What is uh what's the name of his guide thing? Sorry, um, Goliath. Goli- yeah, Goliath Charters down in QS. So we did we did a Florida Keys backcountry film with him too over on our YouTube channel. You can see that as well. That's a really 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 fun one. I like the soundtrack. Um, but so we went. Craig's a big turkey hunter. Uh, Craig's a big hunter. Period. Um, <laughs> Ben's hunted with Craig. <laughs> yep, in Colorado before Justin yep. came out. And uh, so we go out. But our strategy is for turkey. We're gonna take mountain bikes. And we're just going to cruise these logging roads and like, you know, go through cluck, list of responses, move on to the next thing. So we kind of like work this whole area really well. And then we kind of get it dialed in and it, it takes us the last few days. And I, I learned a lot about turkey hunting in that short, short time span, but it also, I got the bug. So like I was ready. Uh, so I'm ready this year. Um, ready to do some turkey hunting but i won't spoil the end and i think it's a great story to kind of read through and understand like you could certainly copy that hunt pretty easily um it's pretty great if you emailed me i would probably give you the pen 
to where we were on on Onyx because I am probably not going to go back to that spot. And if the turkey did, probably yeah. not, not definitely, not definitely, but probably. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to be nice. Yep. yep. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, re- really cool story. Learned a lot, and then uh, also I've got a recipe I just finished. Uh, so Jeff, you you have you heard? Turkey or sorry, chicken Kiev. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did a uh, wild turkey version of it. Nice. Um, yep. So pretty excited. So for those who don't know, you take like a compound butter. It's frozen. You pound out a. I, I used two turkey breasts. Took the tenderloin out of it. The quote unquote tenderloin. The the tender of the breast, and then used the regular part cut it in half, pounded it flat, and then wrapped it around the butter. You chill it, and then you uh, pull it out, roll it in flour, egg wash, breadcrumbs, fry it, pull it out, put it in the oven, bake it. And so it's all sealed in there. And uh, then you just cook it to temp, and then you pull it out, and you cut it, and it's just like, oh, the butter runs out of it. And you're just like, oh, it was so good. I'm not a big turkey fan, and that turned me back on to turkey, so – uh, it was funny because my wife, she's like, I thought you didn't like turkey. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I guess I found something I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we've got that in there. That's a really cool recipe. Um, also very ironic given the current times that we're in. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take. Yeah, and I can contest that he uh, planned that before. <laughs> Before, before all the happenings, and he was like, I don't know if, I don't know what to do. I'm doing this turkey key. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? But I got the article you know planned We're already. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> do it anyway. The um, two also in that, I used, because uh, I had some bones and trimmings left over from that, and I put them in the crock pot, and I used our big game seasoning on the turkey, uh, in the crock pot, just slow cooked with some stock in there. And I'd like pulled turkey and like barbecue sandwiches. Um, but that came out really well with the big game seasoning, e- even though we didn't test it on turkey and it wasn't really geared towards turkey. Uh, and we're planning on a turkey spice. But until then, if you have turkey, you can use the big game blend. That's a good one. So a shameless plug for those spices. <laughs> At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Ben, you want to you want to talk a little bit about your stuff? Yeah, we'll go from a really warm place in Florida to a really cold place in the Great Lakes. Uh, so I live in Oregon now, but I lived in upstate New York for a while, and we did a, a lot of. I know it's I know it's a hot button issue to West Coast steelhead guys that these are steelhead. Uh, you know, I see a. Only West Coast guys, whenever they refer to them as steelhead, they have it in quotes, or they'll they'll say uh, they'll just say rainbows just to trigger all the Great Lakes. But for for the whatever whatever you want to call them is fine. They're migratory rainbows out of the Great Lakes system, so whatever that that falls into for you. But uh, yeah, we it did a lot wait, of wait, wait, wait. steelheading up wait, there. Wait. You, you got to tell the title. You got you got to get. Oh yeah, so I, I don't. Um, I'll just tell the story of the guy. There's a lot of weird people up there. If you're from there, I'm sorry. Well, you probably know better than I do, but yeah. And there's a lot of really, really intense fishermen. And, um, the one time there was this guy fishing kind of near us. And, you know, by the end, we were there like all weekend. I think we saw, we saw him there every day, you know, like morning noon and night and he was a young guy who's maybe in his 20s mid 20s tops and he was just a psychotic steelheader um so he started so he told us we were talking about the cold it's always cold up there you know we've had days where it's like you know in the negatives and you're like why am i doing this and all that kind of stuff but um so he figured out he kept getting frostbite um and I guess the previous time in his feet, it was bad enough that his doctor was like, look, you're going to start losing toes like real soon. So he, <laughs> and he, you know, super excitedly told us this. So he's like, yeah, so I figured out you can stay out longer if you take Viagra because it opens <laughs> up your blood vessels. And ever since I've been taking Viagra when I'm fishing, I don't get frostbite anymore. I'm like, oh, cool, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of the that's the uh, intro to the article, and it's just kind of some 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 more conventional tips and tricks about uh, catching those fish all year. Um, so spring is kind of a cool time where you know early spring can still be really really cold up there, and so it still can be like pretty slow fishing, but um, the fish after they spawn, um, they start going back to the lake and they get really aggressive again. So that's really fun. But yeah, it's just cool to be able to fish up there year round. And so I have a little kind of like tactics article for that. If that's your thing, if you live in anywhere in that region, I, I talked to some guides. Um, I think I just did two on Lake Ontario and one in Lake Erie. Um, yeah, to get like a little more breath in there. Um, and the one guy did some stuff over the border in, uh, some of the Canadian trips, but yeah, so that was, that was, I think about that dude whenever I'm fishing this cold out. A <laughs> lot of characters up there, but that, you know, it's the same, they just love fishing. 
Love it. Um, yeah, then what else did I uh, put together? Like a simple Spring Bear Basics. Spring Bear Basics. You know, just um, I feel like it's getting every year. It's getting more and more popular. Um, there's, I have to look at the article, but I think there's seven or eight Western states that you can do it in now. Um, yeah, in Oregon. So me and Colin both drew again, which is awesome. Last year, there was a huge, huge influx of, um, it used to be an over, start with move backwards a little bit. It used to be an over the counter tag and there was always like a bunch of extras. Um, and then in the last couple of years, it's gotten so popular that it went, um, you know, to full draw and last year, I think there was like 2000 people who didn't get tags, but I get, I got uh, one. Colin and I drew Woo. last year. Yeah. You got, yeah. Last year we went five for five. Um, and there were definitely some local Oregonians who would not have been happy to hear that four of us were not, I wasn't even technically a resident at the time either Yeah, on paper, you know, and we get so, or- so technically- Oregon's one of those states that gives uh, active duty. You get resident rates. Yeah. So, yeah. People definitely wouldn't have yeah, been so happy least, about uh, that. Yeah. So, I mean, we drew five for five and four of us were non-residents last year, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, Colin and I drew again this year. So that's going to be cool. I feel like we really cut our teeth last year on it. Um, it was the first time I had done it. Um, so feel like we got a much better idea where to go and what to do. And so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I and, wrote. And uh, yeah, I think that's all you got in there. Colin's got a great piece on wildlife crossings. And um, I, I want to say um, Adam Berkelman's, we've got some a piece in there about wild edibles. Uh, so edible greens being at springtime, everything's starting to come back up after the snow's gone. So, we definitely have leaned forward a lot in the foraging world. Uh, even myself. Oh, I got to tell you guys this story. So, have you guys ever heard of uh, cottonwood oil? So you take the yes, because yes, you showed it to me earlier. So right now, at this time in Colorado, the cottonwood trees are in bud, and so inside that bud is a resin that you can use that is uh, antibacterial and anti-inflammatory and all this other stuff so you take that and you basically like do a double you can do it two ways you can just soak it in oil for like six weeks and the resin comes out into the oil or you can do it on like a low burner uh with a like a double broil and have it in the oil which is what i did and then add some beeswax to it and it makes a balm and it's called traditionally it's called the balm of galilee but uh, you put that on like dry skin, super dry skin, which is great because right now, Colorado, it's super dry. And so like everybody in my family, like our hands are cracking. We're just like constantly using lotion and moisturizers and all this stuff. So this balm has helped. Um, my, my son's cheeks were like super red for like two weeks and I finally got this stuff made. And then we started putting it on there and within two days, his cheeks were like back to normal. So not like not super promoting it, but it was cool. But it's all like – we have an old canal drainage system that runs through our neighborhood that's part of this big, long canal that spans two two rivers that they used to farm, used to uh, irrigate the farms in, in eastern Denver back a long time ago. And so all along there are all these cottonwood trees. And it's a mixture of like uh, 
gosh, two two types of cottonwoods. So the eastern cottonwoods, and then another a type that's more located in the the southwest. But went through and like picked some of the buds off, did all, you know the whole process. And now we've got a bunch of them. Yesterday we went out for a run as a family because it was it was warmer, and uh, the day before, and did the same. So got some more, uh, and that way we'll store the oil and use it throughout the year. But I say that all to come back around and say that Adam Verkelman's put together a great wild edibles piece on a kind of like a how to harvest of what to look for, like how to treat it. And then, uh, he does a great recipe, uh, really beautiful picture and, and great things, uh, to see there. So yeah, super awesome work is always, uh, by Adam, but definitely there's something for everybody in this magazine for sure. We've got some cool photo essays. We've got the feature we talked about, um, fishing stuff, hunting stuff, literally everything that you can think of in here. Yep, all focused around spring. Yep. spring. And we're gonna we're, that's gonna be a column that we do the wild edibles yep. thing. So every issue we're gonna have some seasonal wild edibles with like a you know kind of like how to how to harvest them and how to cook them and you know with the recipe at the end so yeah and it's something pretty the the one he does is very common everybody's got it you probably have it growing in your yard um and yeah i think that's it did i miss anything ben not really uh we kind of touched on a little bit of everything we didn't go through Everything. Yeah, I don't want to go deep down because I, I, I still want all you listeners to go to go here. buy it. <laughs> go buy it, read it. Yeah, exactly. Help us. Uh, this will help us make another one for sure, which we'll do in the summer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because we we don't we we can we cannot and will not do this without your guys' support. So like, you guys want to see more of this? Let us know. Vote with your dollar. We'll keep we'll keep pumping them out. So. Uh, we have four planned for this year. Summer will release in the summer, fall, and then winter. And so each one will focus on, on those seasonal aspects with seasonal recipes, hunting, fishing, foraging, all that stuff in there. So uh, very focused. And so, Jeff, do you have any, any last thoughts? No, I'm just excited for after this conversation that I have ideas now for late season pheasant hunting when it gets so cold here in North Dakota that I'll have to try the uh, Viagra to enhance my athletic performance and keep me warm. And then when I have my uh, dried cracked hands from being out in the cold, I will uh, have my cottonwood oil balm. So yeah, I'm ready to go. I've learned all kinds of stuff from this conversation. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yep. Can't, I can't wait to see the surprises in the magazine. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, no, super exciting. So, Ben, you got any last thoughts? Nope, that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, just, yeah, go out and buy yep. it. So, super excited. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure that you're you're staying up to date on social media. Oh, just tell the guys where they can – not the guys, the folks, uh, where they can connect with either of you if they have questions or comments. Social media, probably. Yeah, for me, it's yeah. yeah go ahead, Ben. You go okay. first. No. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Jeff Benda. <laughs> Jeff Benda. My Instagram is at Wild Game and Fish. Website is wildgameandfish.com. 
I'm just a outdoorsman, writer, educator on everywhere. So you can find me on there on the Harvesting Nature website. Yep. Or email is editor at harvestingnature.com. Yeah, perfect. Or if you send it just general uh, what's cooking at harvestingnature.com, we'll make sure it gets to Ben or myself. Uh, we're pretty good about responding to emails very quickly. Uh, so, yeah, make sure uh, staying up to date on all the social media. Add- what? Sorry. It's it's hard to find, like, the right time to interject in, like, an online – you know what I mean? I'm, like, trying to get your attention. Uh, business inquiries, advertisement inquiries. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who does that So go? that goes to Casey – uh, Casey or myself, so you can hit up uh, business at harvestingnature.com or you can use the regular what's cooking at harvestingnature.com. So, uh, we'll, we will get those if you have a business inquiry, if you want to get your company involved, or if you have a you know, Ben tossed out his email. If you if you want to get involved in the writing program, that's a good avenue. I was just talking to somebody the other day, I posted about the wild pig camp in a, a hunting group on Facebook, and somebody was like, Oh, you guys have a writing program? They're like, I used to write for the Texas Wild Hog Hunting Club or something like that. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, she's like, I really have the itch to write again. And I was like, cool, come on, like, reach out. So, uh, always fun stuff. But, yeah, so those points. Um, and then whatever podcast platform you listen to, please punch that five-star button. Leave us a review on the podcast. And uh, tell us we're doing wrong or, you know, tell us we're doing right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. Every once in a while, it's fun to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.